If we're gonna get nasty, baby, first oh. we'll show and tell till I reach your ponytail. Oh my. You'll be on my jockey team. Oh my. <laughs> That's right, we're a Riverdale recap <laughs> podcast here to talk about chapter 120, Sex Education, by Janine Selena Schoenberg, directed by James DeWill. Yep. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> All we got to say this week is, yup. Yup. <laughs> Those are factual statements. <laughs> My face hurts already. <laughs> Ow. Are you okay? It's like crampy. Are you like sunburned? No, it's like my jaw cramped. Oh dear. From laughing. That's a new record, folks. <laughs> so this episode starts right where we left off, more or less with Ethel's parents being stabbed to death, both of them now dead, with multiple stab wounds. Which apparently, in the year of 1955, this is the first time something like this has happened in Riverdale. <laughs> and I find that hard to fucking believe. Well, we did murder that drifter, but never mind, never mind, that doesn't count. Uh, so Sheriff Keller is back! Sheriff Keller's back, baby, yeah! He's sheriffing around, and he is finding out that, uh... Well, the milkman did it. Ethel accuses the milkman. And it, that would be Willie. He is 70 years old. You know, Willie the milkman, the 70-year-old milkman. And uh, uh, someone says, hey, we should go arrest the milkman then. And Sheriff Keller says, nah, he needs his rest. He's very old. Also, we really need him to deliver the milk tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll talk to him afterwards. We'll get him in the morning when he's when he stopped being useful for the day. I am curious. So there have been milkmen. In Archie Comics. Of course. Were they named? Was it Willie? Is that like a named character in the comics? I mean, it's gotta be, right? Probably one you'll never find online. But if you're gonna introduce a milkman and give him a name, it might as well be Willie as much as anything else, right? I guess. Yeah, like everyone's at the sheriff's office for this, like, conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, got Jughead, you got Betty, you got everyone. Uh, and also there's Alice. And Alice... Uh, decides to bring Ethel home mm -hmm. because her family's dead. Yeah, yeah. Alice is, is a believer in, in acting neighborly, in, in performing acts of charity, including opening their home for, for, for Ethel to stay with them for a while in her blood-covered party dress. Yeah, she doesn't get a change first. <laughs> it's been hours. She is standing in Polly's old room. Polly exists or existed. Is Polly dead in 1955? I'm going she's at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Maybe, maybe. But, but that room is being used to put up a young woman who is in need of help and in need of a change of clothes. She's practically dripping on the carpet. Uh, and Hell is not happy about this. No! Betty takes Ethel up there, gets her settled, uh, and, and Ethel is in tears. Uh, she's, you know, I don't know what else they want me to say. It's like they think I did it. Yes, yes, they do, They Ethel. do, they, they do definitely think, think, you, think did that you did it. Um, but Betty's like... <laughs> <laughs> Your face hurts in so many ways. <laughs> in so many ways. But Betty comforts Ethel and is like, no, we're, we're here for you, like... Whatever you need, let me know. It's going to mm -hmm, be okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, in Jughead's train car, he's just thinking to himself, wow, crazy that the milkman stabbed Ethel's family. It seems really weirdly familiar, though. Ah, whatever. As he's sitting in bed with his dog, reading comic books, and the camera moves to the side of the bed, and on top of one of the piles is an issue of Pit of the Perverse with the milkman murders. Yeah. Ah. And then we go to the Blossoms, and this is, this episode uh -huh. is so good with music. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to point that out, because this is when it really starts, and it's like, they just use music so well in this one. Both period music yeah. in, uh, uh, coming into the scene, and the score in a few particular moments. Yeah. There is a theme for boners in this episode, <laughs> and I love that. Uh, so for this one, we uh, zoom in on Penelope. 
Well, well, the first shot well, is Cheryl scooping the seeds out of a papaya, and yeah. Penelope thinks, that's pretty gay. That's a bit too Yannick for my taste. I was going to mention the papaya in a second, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so Penelope is not having this papaya action. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're digging in there too far, my dear. So uh, she, she just... She dug too greedily and too deep. <laughs> Like she's using a spoon, I guess. <laughs> um, but Penelope snaps at her. Isn't it high time you got yourself a boyfriend? I want her to just lock eyes with her mother and just slurp those seeds. And just like, just lick big, it. Just sloppy. Lick it. Just lick it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Cheryl's like, well, I'm kind of busy. And Penelope's like, what? Painting your naked ladies? <laughs> Like, Mom, that's for school! As she storms out. And so Penelope gives her son an assignment. Julian's task is to find a man to straighten her out. Emphasis on straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and no more no more papayas. No. No more no. fruits in our home. None. None at all. Only bananas for Only my daughter. Only bananas! Bananas? 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 You would betray me for a crate of bananas? <laughs> Watch Sequest. Watch it. I just love that it took me forever to get you to watch it. And now it is like, you cannot go a day without mentioning it. And you understand. We watched three seasons in about three weeks. Yes. It's great. It's it's in my skin. I will never be rid of Sequest. And particularly the regulator who, who was betrayed for a crate of bananas. But it's just the fact that this could have been going on for years. <laughs> and you refused. And finally you understand. No, sir. Skin. <laughs> I just everyone to watch Sequest. And you know what? You have no excuse not to. It is on, uh, I think, Peacock. You can also now buy the complete series as a box set. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy to come by. Menard sells it. Go get it. I know it's not, but I would not have been surprised to learn that the Blu-ray was a Menards exclusive. <laughs> it just feels right. They should have, like, a Menards exclusive of, like, Farscape. It should just be the place you go for, like, Obscure sci-fi no, shows. It, it should be the place you go for, like, dad sci-fi. It should be Stargate Universe. You, you can only get it. You they, can only get it at Menards. They did have other Stargate. <laughs> and of course, they had Battlestar Galactica. Veronica uh, approaches Archie in the school yes. hallway. Yes. And, you know, talks a little bit about, like, oh, man, that, that scene with Ethel, like... Did you know her? Like, so sad. But also, like, I'm so sorry we got off on the wrong foot. Can we try again with the dating? Archie, this strikes me as strange. And there's another one where it gets even stranger. But, like, if you're best friends with Jughead, you should know Ethel, the person he hangs out with all the time and is his professional business partner now. Well, let me be honest. It doesn't really seem like they're best friends in this season. Exactly. Like, the, the one I was foreshadowing is that this episode contains Jughead and Betty's first introduction yeah. as people who live in a small town together. Yeah. And so, like, it's... <laughs> so there's no way that Archie and Jughead are friends, at least not close friends. Yeah. You know, when we started, like, season one, it was that there was a falling out. Mm-hmm, and he didn't mm-hmm. hang out with them the same way anymore. But this, like, doesn't show that there was they, ever a relationship. No, no, not not since their ages were in the double digits, at least. Yeah. But also with this is that Archie's like, um, thanks, but, like, no thanks? Uh, <laughs> Quote, Veronica, you're too much to handle for a guy like me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's kind of, um, dumb. I'm but a simple country lad. I'm no match for your big city ways. Uh, so over in the principal's office, he's having a little staff meeting where, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. oh, what a tragedy. The parents are calling. Uh, and it's like, what are we to do? And the psychologist is like, well, we carry on with the pre-approved lesson plans. And you know what that is? Sex education. So, like, we should do that. 
And so they all decide, yes, the, the best thing to do to, to maintain the, the school is just go on business as usual, let us ignore the grisly murder that, that occurred to one of our students' parents, and therefore it's time to talk about uh, uh, hair growing in, in brand new and exciting places. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, over in the boys' locker room, Jason <laughs> decides, you know who would be great to date my sister? Archie. Yeah, this scene, this scene with Julian is so bizarre. Not Jason, Julian. I, I wrote Jason. <laughs> He's like, oh man, it's like such tough luck about Veronica. You know, it really takes like certain type of man to ride that roller coaster. But you know who anyone can ride? My sister. <laughs> and Archie's like, what? And he's like, what's wrong? Don't you think my sister's a honey? Don't you think My Sister's a Honey is uh, the absolute worst uh, anime to ever sell 10 million units? It's like, it's okay, Archie. Like, she's had boyfriends, like college guys. You you know what that means. And Archie's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know. What's that mean? (laughs) You take Cheryl out, you're made in the shade, daddy-o. (laughs) Daddy-o. You ever hear of a town bicycle? Excuse me, it's the past. The town penny farthing? My sister's gonna ride you so hard because she likes old men. (laughs) What is this scene? What the fuck are you doing, Julian? Everybody's had a piece, including me. It's just a thing in our weird fucked up family. Everything season one vibes. That includes the, the incest. Just thinking back on how obsessive it was with the incest and then, mm-hmm. like, just never addressed after. You can't say that anymore. No. Nope. Uh, but, but it's the other way around now. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> Ooh, so... And that's the end of the opening. Uh, we get our, our title card and our f- and coming back from the first commercial break, uh, it is time for Tony to get in on the action. <laughs> Elbow her way into having a subplot this week. Uh, so, so Tony's outside with the serpents and she stops Cheryl, hands her, uh, a flyer for what's going on at the dark room. It is an open mic night. Uh, we see a couple acts. They seem to all be poetry readings of one kind or another. Yeah. And Tony's like, you know, Cheryl, it might razz your berries. (laughs) You should come. She gets a lot of like vitamin C (laughs) in her diet. Raz your berries. Cheryl loves produce. <laughs> Cheryl's not too like down with this, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Tony, Tony goes back to her serpents and a she, new serpent. Cheryl's just not just like no, that's not my scene. She she's offended. Oh yeah. She's basically like casting Tony out like a demon from her life. Yeah. Uh, and Tony gets called out by one of the other serpents for, like, chasing another straight girl. Like, this is a thing. You need to stop it. And this one is named Lizzo, because every show is having Lizzo show up these days. And Lizzo's a high school dropout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lizzo would prefer Tony chase her, and Tony's like, no, I want the rich lady. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones that are hard to get. But speaking of the the dark room open mic night, Clay is, is uh, performing one of his own pieces. Well, and so we find this out because Kevin is running away from Betty in the hallway. <laughs> yes, he sees her. He turns around and goes and hides in the music room, <laughs> where Clay is boxing up his flute. I think clarinet, maybe something. I don't know. You know, so like, oh, are you avoiding someone? He's like, no, no, no. uh, uh-uh. I just had to come practice music. That's what you do in here. I had to practice music real hard right now. Don't you want to practice music hard? And so Clay produces his own invitational flyer. Kevin's like, isn't that where the beatniks hang out? And he says, no, it's a coffee house. When we know, yes, it's where the beatniks hang out. Are you afraid of beatniks? Are you afraid of- said it's where they hang out. Are you afraid of being considered a beatnik? Um, there is a lot of, like, touching- are you worried that Kevin is afraid of beatniks? That makes sense. Kevin might be afraid of beatniks. I mean, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't know better. There's a lot <laughs> Kevin's of... Kevin's afraid of caffeine. Kevin's gonna... Okay, instead of him getting abducted by, like, a cult, it's gonna be the Mormons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of touching, though. There's a lot of there's touching. There's a lot of, like, oh, look at this flyer. Let me touch your hand. Oh, let me, like, touch your shoulder. Let me just kind of 
flop around on you a bit. You, you want me to open up this box and show you my clarinet? Mm-hmm. It's hard. And Kevin comes down on the side of, huh, Betty does love beatniks. This could be a good date. You know, a straight date with a woman in it. And Clay's like, okay, yeah. Sure, okay. Close enough. Whatever gets you there, buddy. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Cheryl's in the art room painting her naked ladies, but they're censored naked ladies. Yeah, it's a, it's a lady censored. rising out of a bubble bath, and the bubbles are, say, strategically placed. Yes. And Archie comes in. My, heart, my high school art class never looked like this. I can tell you that much. And Archie comes in and he's like, I've been looking for you. Wow, that's a nice painting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's there to invite her on a date because apparently she puts out, even though he doesn't know that's what Julian was saying. Yes. <laughs> and he wants to invite her to a movie at the Babylonian. Which is now the name of a movie house. What's wrong with the Bijou? You had a perfectly old-timey movie theater name already. Don't know. They're showing the seven-year itch, and she says, nah, saw it, overrated, it sucks. She's like, what there is, though, is a poetry reading, and I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And Archie's like, oh, you know, I just started writing poetry. And she's like, that's peachy keen, I don't care, pick me up at seven. (laughs) Let's go. So yeah, everybody is going to the dark room with someone they don't want to go with. Like, so they can be near someone they would rather have gone with in the first place. Yep. Yes. So Jason also invites Veronica to a movie, and she's like, no, we're going to a poetry reading. Because, <laughs> yes, this for, whole thing. For that exact same reason. Yep. Yes, yes. She, she wants to be in a room with Archie, even if Julian's taking her there. Yes. Again, I think. You know, that's just like last week. Did I call him Jason again? I called him Jason again. I wrote Jason in my notes. God damn it. Julian. Jason is the creepy doll in 1955. Well, you know what? We're just writing a whole different story here where the creepy doll is stalking <laughs> Veronica, okay? In all, in all of Julian's scenes, imagine it's actually Jason and everybody's looking down because he's 20 <laughs> inches high. It's like passions, <laughs> right? That was like the weird-ass soap opera where it was like the doll. And then Jason walks in and, and says, witches. no, squeezy, bad baby. Oh, squeezy. Well, maybe squeezy. Go squeezy. (laughs) No one wants to give Jason or Julian a squeezy. That's why they're so angry all the time. Uh, So Jughead's at the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, And he he sees Sheriff Keller walk uh, Willie out. Willie has been cleared. Was not him. And so he rushes into Ethel and he's like, what happened? And she's like, well, it wasn't the milkman. Or not that milkman. And Jughead says, so it was another milkman? And she says, yes, it was indeed another milkman, or perhaps someone dressed as a milkman. I just love it so much. So it was another milkman? We have multiple milkmans here? As Wanda Sykes taught us all, you gotta stick with your lie. And so Ethel starts freaking out, though, because she's like, I think they think I did it, and like, you know, sooner or later, they're gonna come back to the covers that I drew, like... Think about the one that I drew specifically. Uh, And he's like, oh, yeah, like, you're a boss. Like, that was awesome. You're a great drawer. She's like, no, 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 like, the meat grinder cover one. And Jughead thinks about the meat grinder cover, and we we see it, like, uh, for ourselves from his memory, which is an interesting way to to use a camera cut. But uh, what what Ethel had done is, yeah, draw a grody, like, pulp horror picture of a young woman grinding people up in a meat grinder and she used herself and her parents as facial reference and he's like oh shit that looks bad right now and so he questions like where is it and she's like oh it's in my hope chest (laughs) so he decides he's gonna get it that night he's gonna get it like take the evidence away or it's not really evidence but like not gonna give them anything they think is evidence he will steal it yeah, uh, apparently, apparently, uh, she drew it as, as an act of adolescent revenge because she was so frustrated because she was so frustrated with her parents after they wouldn't let her go out to watch The Tingler, a movie that came out in 1959. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love a Vincent Price classic. No, no judgment on her taste. Fantastic, but everyone who's into Jughead can also time travel. Apparently, apparently. 
Uh, so Betty's coming down the stairs, ready to head out to this uh, poetry reading, and Alice stops her and is like, uh, 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 you're not going to that poetry reading until you march over to Ethel's and pick her up some clothes. That girl's been living in one outfit. Thank God. Alice, why are you the most reasonable person in this town today? But you're like, oh shit, Jughead's going there. Mm-hmm, now Betty's mm-hmm. going there. And so Jughead is there and he's in that hope chest and he finds the drawing. But then he also sees the same comic with the milkman like stabbing people. And he's like, oh shit, this was a super famous controversial comic. And she owned it and read it, but so did every teen in town. It was so famous. But then there's a noise and he's like, oh shit, it's the cops. And he jumps out the window. But it's not the cops, it's Betty coming in looking for changes of clothes. So she goes in a different chest with different drawers. And instead of clothes, what does she find? She finds the Kingsley Report on Human Sexuality. This, of course, is meant to be the the Kinsey Report. Uh, I guess it's both uh, uh, the report in uh, sexuality in men and women in in one big combined volume. Except, you know, a made-up name that's... It's Riverdale. You know the deal. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, ooh, I'm going to also take this home with me. (laughs) I'm going to rob my friend. I mean, maybe Ethel needs some light reading. Yeah, it's her book. Maybe she wants it from her house that she can't go to because of the memory of finding her parents dismembered. Yeah. So at the dark room, Clay is doing his poetry. Julian is bored out of his mind. Archie is having his mind blown. He's like bobbing along. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Kevin is smiling the goofiest grin. And when it finishes, Kevin and Betty are like, wow, that was something. What does it mean? I don't fucking know. You know what? It, like everything he was saying was just saying that, hey, Land of the free, my ass. Uh, I'm black in the 1950s. Uh, it really fucking sucks out here. And they're like, wow, what could this possibly mean? I don't know. <laughs> Liberty and justice for none. You know, poetry's so esoteric. I just don't get it's, it sometimes. It's a good thing we're not here to, like, fight racism or anything. <laughs> What I also love, though, is, like, Kevin's, like, all smiling, and he goes to, like, clap really hard, and he's like, oh, yeah, snap, snap, snap. Gotta snap. <laughs> and Archie says, it doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> and Veronica corrects him, poetry doesn't have to rhyme, dear. He hasn't gotten to the grades yet where they teach that. <laughs> he's a high school junior! It's the 50s. All they teach is rhyming poetry at this point. <laughs> They had a whole unit on Robert Frost written on the blackboard. He knows non-rhyming poetry. They skipped it, though, to talk about... Mississippi 1955 didn't rhyme either. Yeah, but, like, they skipped it. They didn't go back to Robert Frost. (laughs) Uh, Jason is also trying to get through this by uh, drinking. He brought his own flask. Yes, and and offers some to Veronica as well. Uh, but now uh, that Clay's done, it is time for Tony's modern dance poetry time. She does a horny one. She It is an ode to Aphrodite as she is caressing herself and posing. And uh, uh, Cheryl has a sexual awakening she, that... Uh, she climaxes from watching a poetry performance. Well... Literally. Tony was touching a lot of her body. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love the way this is presented because everyone is in the room but only cheryl is lit mm-hmm. like there there is a lot of camera work and and cuts and such just to like bring you into the the metaphor of sexual desire uh in the these characters and it's wonderful it's it's, it's a treat it's good it's good it's broad but it's a lot of fun yeah after her yes. big moment, uh, she turns to Archie and she's like, I want to leave. I want to go home now. Let's go. And then someone else has to come around and, and like mop up her chair. Uh, but oh we- my. <laughs> what do you think happens? <laughs> <laughs> what? I've been reading Betty's book. Well, <laughs> Ethel's book, technically. Yeah. It's Betty's now. She ain't giving that back. I don't think a mop is necessary. <laughs> Uh, so Archie takes her home, 
And he's doing, you know, oh, I had a you know, really good time. Uh, it was really nice. And she cuts him off and plants a big wet one right on his face. And making out in the driveway, to be clear. And he has the dorkiest grin on his face afterwards. So she's like, okay, like, walk, walk me to school tomorrow. And they exchange tootleses. They, they say toodles to one another. And as she shuts the door, she lets her grief out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's not happy about any of this, and it's very tragic and very sad. But damn it, she's going to be normal. <laughs> uh, so over at the Cooper household, Betty yeah. is sitting up under her blankets with a flashlight uh-huh. and, and she, a certain book. And she is reading chapter six, Arousal, and she falls into the sex fantasy jungle, as does everyone else. I so wanted this to be the introduction of, like, a new drug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But sure, we can just go into everyone's sexual dreams. So this is inside, like, the, the, the darkened, deep background walls are, are the dark room. But there's, like, jungle plants everywhere and a lot of mist. A lot of tropical flowers, you know, with their petals blooming and spreading. Yes. Pistols uh, uh, entering and exiting. And there are a lot of people there in their underwear. We mm-hmm. got uh, Archie. We got Cheryl. We got Veronica. We got Tony. We got Kevin. We got yeah. Clay. It starts with Archie having a, a fantasy dream of Cheryl uh, all over him. And then we move to Veronica, having who, who's having the same Archie. fantasy with Archie. And then Cheryl of Tony... And then... Kevin of Clay. Yes. And then Betty and Archie. And boy, KJ Appa must have been exhausted after this day of filming. So Betty's like, she sees him across the room and it's like this super zoom. Yes. As she like approaches him, just like sprawled out on this chair in his tidy whities. She is the horniest of them all. She is reading the horny chapter. And she just like climbs on his lap. And there's a lingering slow pan oh down God, his pan, glistening this, abs. This pan, the thing is, though, is like this, it is slow and it's panning down, but then it like bounces up and then pans down again. And you're like, what? Oh, my God. Like, if you've got a thing for, for vintage underwear, and it's not the rarest thing to have a thing for, this counts as a fetish video. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yes. Like, also, if you have a thing for tropical plants. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> And mist, <laughs> and the mist by are, Stephen King. Are people being sweaty? They're all very sweaty. They're all very. It's like a greenhouse. Like yeah, I mean that's what makes it physical and visceral. It's because everyone's already they're sweaty. Listening. Yeah. They have bodies that do things that function. They're they're they not do things. They're not plastic dolls. They they have fluids and want to share them. <laughs> yes, they do have fluids. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And they want to share them. Betty should read the chapter on safe sex first. <laughs> I mean, if, if it is just meant to be the Kinsey report, it's mostly going to be a lot of statistics and things. Yeah. It's not really a how-to guide. She's using it as one. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really funny, though, if suddenly it was like her sprouting off statistics yeah. to someone about, like, Kevin. Men experience erections this many times. It's okay. Twenty-six percent of women have have responded a, a a positive erotic reaction to biting. So you should bite me. And bite me now. I I might like it one out of four times. <laughs> Let's find out. And so she shoots awake from that dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. And it's now the next day, and uh, Kevin and Betty are chatting. He's like, you know, who knew the dark room was going to be such a gas? <laughs> like, that Clay, he really knows how to write poetry. And Betty's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But before they, they can continue their conversation. Oh, we cannot forget about her having her, her lollipop. Yes. As she's like, well, Kevin, what did you think about Tony's? Wasn't it the hottest fucking thing you ever saw? Weren't you inspired? <laughs> it was so sexy. Let me just like seductively yeah. lick this lollipop. Let me literally do the Lolita cover. Already a, a reference. Again, season one vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but they are in a 
interrupted because Archie and Cheryl come walking down the hallway holding hands. Yet again, another perfect period needle drop. That This, like, doo-wop girl group. This is when I write the music in this episode it's is great. so good. It's so good. Throughout the whole thing, they pull such great songs that really just take over the scene in such good ways. And what is interrupting them to be scored this way is the new redhead power couple, Cheryl and Archie, walking into school hand in hand. And everyone slow pans to look at them like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, they're just walking. It's not that impressive. <laughs> but they're walking hand in hand and they're super hot. And it's time to go to the sexual education it's lecture. It's time. It's time. So all of our characters and, you know, a few unnamed tertiary characters to fill out the frame are in science class with beakers and all sitting out. I don't know what those are for today. Uh, and the lecture is being led by the psychologist dude. Dr. Werther's. Yeah, him. He's a real original. So he's like, okay, we're here to talk about the fundamentals of sexual reproduction and we're going to use a useful diagram. And it is the normal diagram of plants. Yes, yes, we're talking entirely in plant uh, uh, biology about pistils and pollination, and we see very, very little of this presentation. It just cuts and, to Archie in the student lounge. And he's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> what does flowers and bees have to do with us? <laughs> and Betty says, nothing. Let me tell you this straight dope. I got this sex book? And Veronica's like, shut up with your fucking book. <laughs> Before Betty can propose a book club, she's like, no, hands-on experience. It's time to collect some primary sources of our own. We gotta stop talking about it, and we gotta start doing it. Hands-on research. And Jughead's like, oh, no, thank you. I am a germaphobe. No, I don't want none of this. Y'all are gross. We are having a makeout party, and Kevin asks, is that an orgy? And she says, no, we're going to play kissing games. And you know what kissing games we're going to play? We're going to play Spin the Bottle. We're going to play Post Office. We're going to play Seven Minutes in Heaven. We're going to play Pony Ride. What the fuck is Pony Ride? <laughs> because if you Google kissing games Pony Ride, you get like a horse sport. Girl, when I break you off, I promise that you won't want to get off. Like, are they referencing the song? <laughs> Is it an inside thing? Is this a real game? Send chills up and down your spine. Juices flowing down your thigh. I have theories about what Pony Ride could be. <laughs> I think... But I, I googled it. I googled it. Which is a dangerous thing to do, and all I got was horses. And a lot of, like, weird My Little Pony sexual things. <laughs> Friendship is magic in a whole different level. Like, what the fuck? So we go to another commercial break, and on the other side, Bet Betty and Veronica are, are talking in the girls' room, both talking about bagging Archie. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe the most classic Archie we've seen. Both of them want to date him and do not see each other as rivals in this moment. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Betty's very like, oh, real makeout party. I'm gonna have to check the book to see what it says about that. <laughs> she loves this book so much! I told much. you, she's using it as a handbook! <laughs> and, uh, so, Veronica talks about how, you know, you, you just have to basically control boys. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and how she's gonna, like, rock Archie's world and, like, you know, he's not gonna know what hit him and... Cheryl is in a stall overhearing all of this, and she is pissed and storms out. She she busts open, marches out, does not wash her hands. Well, I don't even know if she peed. She might have just been standing in What there. else was she doing in the st stall? Sometimes you go in there for alone time. Betty is the only one researching alone time. Sometimes? I, I don't think Cheryl knows about alone time. Sometimes you just need a break from people. <laughs> Then don't go to the number one social hangout, as far as I know, the women's restroom. No, no, see, at my work, like, no one hangs out in the women's restroom, like, to talk. But sometimes I do go in there just to not be around other people. <laughs> I just kind of stand there for a little while, like, okay, <laughs> let me look at my phone without being bothered for a few minutes. Now I'm going to get on about my day. So Cheryl marches herself all the way out of the bathroom into the the front walk, the, you know, down the steps from the school where the, the greasers hang out with their bikes. And Tony approaches because Tony knows a beard when she sees one. 
Uh, and she's like, you know, you don't gotta go to that makeout party to prove anything. And this just, like, pisses Cheryl off. Because everyone thinks they know everything about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not happy. So everyone is making plans now uh, in the next several scenes for who is going to the makeout party and why. Yes. Betty wants to go because she wants to get made out with so fucking bad. <laughs> Uh, Kevin wants to ditch, and she's like, uh-uh, no, you're going, you say you love me, it's time to prove it. <laughs> prove it. Uh, Jughead is with uh, the sheriff and the principal, and they're like, hey, did you break into Ethel Bug's house yesterday? Because, like, some people saw a teenager with a crown climbing out a window. And he's like, no, not me. I was at home reading comic books and eating hamburgers. <laughs> you can ask my dog. And they're like, you know, you're kind of an odd duck. You're a loner, like Ethel. I'm not a loner. I'm going to a sex party with the cool kids. <laughs> he's using, he's going to the makeout party as a reverse alibi yeah. to prove he's not the weird, lonely kid. I'm not. I hang out with the cool kids all the time. Cool and that's what I'm doing tonight. So like, no, I'm not a weirdo. No. I don't wear this hat all the time. That's like what a weirdo would do. I'm not weird. I'm I, not a weirdo. I, I fit in. I want I to fit want in. I to fit in. I like fitting in. <laughs> they should have done that. They should have. I was so mad they did not do it. I was like, this is the moment. I'm this not- is the, what the fuck? <laughs> You're weird. You're weird. I'm not, I'm not weird. weird. I'm, I'm not, not weird. a weirdo. I fit in. I, I have lots of friends. <laughs> have you ever seen me without this very not weird hat on? Wanted, That's normal. In that moment, I wanted him to take it off and be like, I don't wear this all the time. This is just my school hat. <laughs> this period also happens to be gym class, I guess, for at least some of our cast. Uh, yeah. So Kevin's uh, getting dressed and uh, Clay comes out of the shower with just a tower, towel around his wrist. he likes to take a long lingering shower. And we see that he is pretty ripped. Yeah, there's it. This is where the boner theme comes in the score I was mentioning. <laughs> this like intense percussive drum music. As we pan Clay's abs as he dries off and Kevin pulls at him. The the camera moves over Clay's body in as many directions as the Wonkavator can go. <laughs> Kevin squeaks when he tries to talk. <laughs> and he's like, uh, are, you, are you going to the makeout party? And Clay says no, because it, so, the time for subtlety is ended. He literally comes out and says, I like boys. And I don't think this party is going to uh, be that type of party, Kevin. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, nobody else knows I like boys. So if you can keep that quiet, too, I'm trusting you a lot. Maybe you should think about why I trust you a lot. <laughs> My favorite moment is when Kevin's leaving and he's like, yeah, bye. And like taps him on the peck. Just kind of like tap, tap, tap. Like what? Who the fuck does that? (laughs) Kevin's a very awkward boy. (laughs) Uh, So meanwhile, over at the Cooper household, uh, Archie's like, hey, Betty, you know that sex book? Can I have a little read? He needs to study before final exams. Uh, And so Betty, once again, like with the dance, helps out with some demonstrations. Yeah, well, because he read it and he's like, so I get it, but like, I don't, I don't get how it starts. Again, it's not a (laughs) how-to. I mean, maybe this version is. That's the difference. Uh, so, so Betty, yes, begins to demonstrate. You're like, oh, you know, maybe you're at, like, a party, and you're, like, sitting next to each other, and maybe you say something, like, oh, do you want to get more comfortable? And then they, like, role-play. They're already at role-playing, and they haven't even had a real date. These kids move so fast. And she gives the example of, like, oh, if you just, like, reach over and, like, you know, she might, like, grab your leg, and then she might move it up, and then Archie just pops a boner and grabs her stuffy. The boner music comes back! The boner music comes back from the clay scene! As he shoves her stuffed animal over his crotch. That poor little bear. And runs out. That poor little bear didn't ask for this. 
So, so that takes us to yet another commercial break. And then the sex party. Midge is here. And so is Fangs. Yeah, Mid- Midge was in the sex uh, sex class, too. She's mm-hmm, been popping mm-hmm. up throughout all this. But yes, they're there, well, uh, which is nice to see them. And Tony. These, these, I'm just mentioning the characters yeah. that didn't previously say, oh, yeah. yes, I'm going to the sex party. Yeah, we party. got Tony, we got Fangs, we got Midge, we got Julian. Yeah, Julian, too. Along with Jughead. Along with all of our, our A-cast who did positively say, yes, I'm going. Yes. Uh, and so Veronica's like, okay, so before we break off to the various rooms of this this place, they're going to warm up with a game of post office. I'm glad we get rules for one of these games. Seven Minutes in Heaven, classic. Don't got to explain I didn't it. know what post office was uh, either. And now we do. Now we do. The way it goes is uh, uh, there are a bunch of sealed envelopes with numbers. Each number applies to one of the girls here. Each boy picks a, an envelope randomly, and then they got to uh, uh, deliver the message with a kiss to the corresponding girl. Yeah. So Fangs is up first. <laughs> and Midge is like so hopeful. Yes, yes. come on, come but on, come on. He gets Cheryl, and Cheryl not excited at all. So they they're like, all right, let's let's do it. Uh, uh, they lean in, and then Cheryl turns her head at the last second. They, their lips barely graze one another, and uh, Veronica's like, okay, I'll allow it on a technicality. No kind, one, kind, no one is happy here. Kind of cheating. So that's Kevin's turn, and he gets Midge. And she's like, hey, second choice, apparently. She's kind of into Kevin. And she has to hold his head still, though. Yeah. Because they can't line up the smooch. They keep doing, like, uh, left, no, right, left. Uh, 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 it's, it's very cute. It's very awkward. And, yeah, she has to just hold him still to make it happen. And then it's Jughead's turn. And mm-hmm. he gets Betty. Yes. And this is where they, like, introduce themselves to each other and shake hands. Yes, pleased to meet you, by the way. <laughs> but then they kiss, and this kiss, there's it lingers. Something, there's something electric. There's, there's some some magic in that old silk hat there, they there's found. There's something here. It lasts, lasts a little longer than you think it would, Some, and there's a look. What's there, Mama? <laughs> what? What is what it? What is it? What? Uh, so now it's Archie's turn, and he gets Veronica, and, and she's like, wow, how did that happen? Destiny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Says the party planner who sealed the envelopes. What a what a crazy coincidence. She grabs him and damn. It's like a scene out of species. <laughs> She's trying to eat his vocal cords. When they pull away, he's like, I think I got your gum. And she's like, you can keep it. It's triple bubble. That's so gross. That's so many more that's, bubbles. That's as bad as sharing a toothbrush. That's a 50% increase over bubbles over what you can get these days. Like, like darling, I will shove my tongue down your throat, but I do not want your gum, and I do not want you touching my toothbrush. Promise? That nasty. Nasty shit. Yeah, I don't, I'm more fergus, focused on the first half of the statement. <laughs> I'm like just talking like in general, I will... Not okay. like putting a time on it. No pressure. I've got an open calendar. <laughs> I'm not feeling pressured. I'm feeling invited. Uh, so now uh, it's Julian's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has Tony. Yes. And so they do kiss. And Tony. Uh, well, he, he gives her like a quick little smooch. And she's like, brief. uh-uh, uh-uh, nope. And uh, so she goes back in for more to make Cheryl jealous. Yeah. And I like Fangs in the back. I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. All right. My my bisexual friend is doing some some business. Uh, So Veronica's like, okay, our lips are appropriately lubricated. Let's uh, go get it on. So like. uh, Before she finishes the sentence, Cheryl's like, okay, Archie, let's go. Midge and Fangs pair off. All, all the couples, basically. Uh, Julian tries to go for Veronica, and she's like, uh-uh, uh, 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 I'm, I'm taking Jughead. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so Julian and Tony end up together, and she's like, cool, you can drive me home. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing this. So yeah, Veronica and Jughead, they're, they're alone. This is an amazing moment where they just both look at each other like, what the hell have we gotten into? In seven seasons, this is one of the first times they've been like... No, they've, they've had... 
In the past couple seasons, they had a couple little, like, times alone. Sure, sure, but it's still, like, of of all of the two-character pairs, it's way down the list. It's very rare. And it's something I've always thought, like, they should do more with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is a... It, and this version of them sets up that, like, actually, maybe they could have a thing. A romantic thing? Who knows? But up at in the least, air. like, actually a really good friendship. But yeah, they could have a much closer friendship than they had if, have in any of the other timelines. So, so they're, like, sitting there. She's applying lipstick. And he's like, I don't know what you're planning on doing with me. But, like, I'm only here because people think I'm a miscreant and that I murdered people. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry, like, it's fine. <laughs> well, first she teases him by yeah. saying, like, oh, that's just what a miscreant who murders people would say. And he has panic. <laughs> she's like, no, it's, no, it, it's fine. I'm just like, getting you chain, big guy. It's I, all right. I only got you because, like, I hate, I hate Julian. He's an <laughs> asshole. And so in a party where everyone is feeling very pressured to be romantically sexually uh, you know active uh i mean maybe not that sexually active but like on one base or another they're the only people just like talking yeah getting to know each other sharing their interests and it turns out they have shared interests yeah so i mean she tries to like ask him about like oh so like you dating ethel if you're not dating ethel who you're dating he's like who has time for that when there's burgers and comics (laughs) and monster movies and she's like, oh, I like monster movies. And they both appreciate a, a creature from some manner of lagoon, especially a black one. Yes. And so they, they bond over this moment. And it's very nice. It's, re- it's really sweet. If they wound up being smooch friends, I'd be cool with that. If they wound up just being like high-fiving while everyone else's lives are falling apart, I would adore that. Yeah. <laughs> just want them to be like best buddies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who, like hang out and like... Go watch the monster movies together and then go to Pops for a milkshake to talk about it for a couple hours. But but also, this party holds many makeout rooms. Yes. <laughs> and so Betty and Kevin are smooching until Betty climbs and mounts his lap. I, I guess this is what pony rides are. <laughs> it's the closest thing I found. He can like hardly touch her. His hands are, like, hovering over her back. She's got a deadly boob allergy. We covered this. And she grabs it and shoves it on her boob and is like, no, no, no. And she's, like, just making out, making him touch her. And then she looks down and is like, you're not excited. Yes, I'm talking about your dick. Your dick's not, (laughs) you're not aroused, Kevin. What the fuck? And he's like, well, maybe if we kept smooshing for a while. And just like, just like their pinning ceremony last week, they just sort of sit next to each other and lean in and they're going through the motions. And it's the most awkward, awful, painful makeup. It's so sad. Like you compare to the passion she wants in her her lonely fantasy after having some midnight reading uh, uh, to what she actually has in her life. Well, and the same for Kevin in he does the not same want two scenes. to do this at all. Uh, so over uh, in the other room, uh, Cheryl and Archie are sitting in front of the fireplace, smooching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, Archie, you can move your hand higher. No, no, too high. Too, too high. No, no. As my Nana says, we have to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Who has Nana been saying this to? Is that where Reggie's been all this time? <laughs> and you know, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. After she like tells him a few times, like, Archie, your hand, like, control your hand. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm so excited and like nervous because your experience, because you go out with college guys. And she's like, what the fuck? Who told you that? <laughs> and so the story comes out. Everyone comes clean and, and uh, Cheryl sets the record straight that actually I haven't been dating uh, college guys. I haven't been dating any guys, but. God damn it, you're my shot. Uh, so let's figure this out together. As she throws him on his back. And straddles him. She's going to convince We're, herself she's straight so hard. We are doing pony rides. We don't see it, but I have to imagine that, that Fangs and Midge, like, Midge is going to also drop out of school and quietly go to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and meet up with Polly before this is all over. Midge's world is being rocked and she is so happy about it. <laughs> Uh, so the next day, uh, Betty is writing in her diary mm-hmm. that the party was a disaster. 
you know, she wants Kevin to want her and she wants to feel sexy. And at that moment, she looks up out her window to see Archie getting ready. And, and then the next thing she writes is, quote, I'm not sure how much more of this I can take before I explode. Oh, boy. When Riverdale, especially teenage Riverdale, gets uh, relatable, it's so relatable. It's so, like, full-hearted. And, like, I want to feel desired, I want to feel sexy is so true to, to I mean, not just the teenage experience, but, like, yeah, I get that. I feel that today. I'm twice their fictional age. You are sexy. I want to feel sexy. <laughs> so uh, Penelope and Julian are uh, having breakfast and she's like, so how's it going with uh, your your task? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I, I think I got Cheryl together with Archie and they're going steady now. And at that moment, Cheryl walks in and does a hair flip in slow motion and you see a giant fucking hickey on her neck and Penelope explodes. Yes. Like, what is that? And she's like, it's a hickey, mother. Also, Archie pinned me last night. And I mean, really pinned me. All the way pinned me. (laughs) (laughs) As you just see smoke coming out of Penelope's ears. It's the most be careful what you wish for uh, situation Penelope Blossom could find herself in. And Archie shows up and honks the horn outside like, oh, that must be Archie to take me to school. I'd say he's such a gentleman, but Archie is a total animal. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking good. At least Cheryl can convincingly fake it. Come on, Kevin. See, Mom, you wanted me to have the dick, and now I have it. Do you like it? Do you like it, Mother? <laughs> she should have grabbed a banana and just started deep throating it. <laughs> oh, my God. Please let that be the next episode. It's certainly like, what, Mom? What can I do? I mean, between her and Kevin's situation, it does help that that her partner she's, she's hiding uh, herself with is really sexually into her <laughs> yes. in a way that Betty is not for Kevin. And yeah. I imagine well, Betty would be if Kevin could pers- uh, uh, yeah. reciprocate, but Archie is too simple a boy to realize that's the situation he's in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at school, uh, Kevin is at his locker and Betty comes up to him and gives him the sex book, practically throws it at his chest. Finals are coming and it's time to start cramming, my boy. <laughs> She's like, that, that's, that's it. You gotta read it. Let's go. Read the book. There uh, are chapters in the book that this book is based on about being gay and how it's totally normal and healthy. That might also help. Hmm. Kevin, not, I agree. You should read the book. Not what she's getting at, but like, but like maybe you will. Mm. You're going to find a, a very illuminating chapter that isn't the one she hopes you'll find illuminating. And maybe buy a papaya. <laughs> The papaya isn't for all gay people. <laughs> it's for roughly no. half of them. Betty's going to use it. Okay. She, it's like practice for him. Because <laughs> he's he's scared of the gnome down there. So oh, yes. if he has a test papaya. The vegan alternative, American papaya. <laughs> yes. <Just> scoop it out. <laughs> <laughs> you can really get the technique with your wrists. You'd betray me for a crate of papayas? That's a horny orangutan. Uh, so Tony goes to Veronica and is like, hey, sorry, I like cut out early, uh, but I'm playing the long game. And Veronica's like, oh, with who? And she's like, oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's illegal in a number of states. <laughs> but like, how did things get on with Bazooka Jones? And we get a hint that Veronica might be interested in the Burger Boy. She's like, you know, I, I I haven't ruled anything out yet. She might want to find out what it takes to take that stupid hat off. It's weird. It's not weird. It's, it's totally perfect, normal. It's the most normal hat. Uh, so Jughead and Ethel walk into the student lounge. It is Ethel's first day back at school mm-hmm, since the murder. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of freaking out like everyone's looking at me. And he's like, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to blow over. But they're all whispering and rumors are flying around the room while she's there face to face even. And then it doesn't matter, though, because they are called to the principal's office immediately. And when they go in, uh, there is Sheriff Keller and, uh, and, and Dr. Werther's. And Dr. Werther's. And they're like, you know, they come in and Jughead's like, oh, do you want to know, like, who's canoodling at the sex party? 
Makeout party, but whatever. Because I'll tell you, I'm a rat. I'm a, I'm a no good, dirty stool pigeon. They're like, no, we searched your train car and we found a lot of damning evidence, including all the stuff he took from Ethel's place and just hid under his mattress instead of like destroying it. They've got the gruesome, incriminating meat grinder cover, multiple copies now of the Milkman murder uh, issue of, of what, Pit of Pestilence or whatever it was. Yeah. It's not It's not looking too good for them. Mm-mm. And with Mm-mm-mm. that, it's the end of the episode. End of the episode. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 120, Sex Education? I liked it. I enjoyed this episode. Do you feel educated? Uh, no. <laughs> Do you think our characters learned a lot about themselves and, and their attractions? I think they're still working on it. <laughs> I think there is some work to be had. I think the learning happened. The acceptance is yet to come. Yes. But it was fun. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. again, it's what you're talking about. Like, it's, there's something about going back to high school and dealing with the, these situations of the teens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And especially in this even more ridiculous atmosphere of, you know, this 1950s comic world. That's just so fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it follows, at least in Betty's part, it follows so clearly and directly from, like, last week. Like, oh, right, I'm a pretty girl. Wait a minute, I have feelings? Everything in society tells me that the, these feelings should be, you know, respected and people should want to explore them with me. Why is this not happening? I'm really, I'm a, I'm a hot babe. Wait, what's, where, where's the disconnect here? Very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> they did totally miss the out, though, on that weirdo speech. Yes, yes. Missed opportunity. I do have to say I love, um, I, I just have to go back. I love all the costuming in this. The costuming's really the good. The costuming is so good. Veronica wears a lot of really nice dresses this week. Mm-hmm. Jughead has so many sweaters. He has so many sweaters. Uh, Archie has some, like, really nice jackets that I was like, I'd wear that. Mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. that jacket. I mean, that bomber jacket. It's super cute. Still wondering, though, where Reggie is, though. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Where's Reggie? Reggie doesn't need a makeout party. He already knows about the pony rides and, and the, the five and dime. He knows all the makeout What's games. What's the five and dime? Oh, you don't know about the five and I dime? I don't know about the five and dime. Mm. I never went to a makeout party. Mm-mm-mm. You haven't been to a makeout party, so no. I don't know who you are to judge. Uh, in this timeline, Reggie invented the card game from Clueless. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> but but I think the most exciting thing about this episode is just the idea of foregrounding a specific relationship, whatever f- relation, whatever form that relationship takes, between Jughead and Veronica. Yeah. That's that's it fun. It was so nice. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. just generally like when they were bonding over that movie, the looks on their faces at each other was just so nice and I was like, "Oh my god, I want them to be friends." Yeah, yeah. I they're they're the only couple in this either actual or hopeful that is bonding over something beyond like hormones or frustration or social necessity. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's nice. nice. And it's I, ni- I want that to grow, and I want that to actually be a thing. They're they're uh, set they're set up from this square one as an intellectual pair, yeah. rather than a lustful pair. Yes, and we need that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's texture. It's variety. I love that. Yeah, because there's really like I feel like the only other friendship that's going on like that is like Tony and Faye. <laughs> Honestly, they're, they're the only ones that are like friends and not wanting to like bang each other. Yeah, yeah, they're just fist bumping as one goes off to bang someone else. Yes, yes. like hey, good job. good job. You get that cheerleader, boy. I honestly, you pref- get that other cheerleader. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I prefer it that way. <laughs> so, darling. Yeah. Do you have any predictions? Well, I mean, like obviously, Ethel and Jughead are in deep shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get blamed. The killer is Al Fieldstone's assistant, whose name I forget. Oh. He is trying to drum up uh, controversy to uh, uh, generate sales by performing murders that are uh, uh, similar to 
the grisly crimes depicted in the pages of EC comic titles. Oh. Or it's uh, Dr. Werther's for the same, like, doing the same thing for different reasons. Dr. Wordles does seem like a total psychopath. Yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. I think someone is trying to gin up EC Comics controversy either because controversy means sales or controversy means you can get them banned. Yeah. And uh, whether it's the assistant or Dr. Werther's, there's the difference. I'd, I'd go Dr. Werther's. That makes sense a lot. Anyone can dress like a milkman. Yeah. I mean, any man can dress like a milkman. Otherwise, it would be a milkmaid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a very different outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that would make sense a lot. I was trying to think of something like, oh, would it, like, be so the people from, like, Pep Comics, because, like, they were mad. They Like, mm. what do you mean you're giving my daughter a job? But that would make more sense if they were murdered elsewhere and not, like, in their home. Because, <laughs> like, okay, I feel like this isn't going to happen because we haven't heard about, like, like, any guest appearances on it. But if, like... Jughead gets arrested now. It'd be the, the time to for... bring back some family. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, his mother. No. <laughs> no. I want a pea. I want some jelly bean. Ooh, or is this like a thing where it would end up like, okay, that's going to happen, but then like they won't release him out uh, without a parent. So then like Mary steps in and like Jughead gets brought back to the Andrews household, and that's how, like, Archie and, and Jughead and start becoming, they, like, a th- friendship again. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting for, for this show to start with a, a status quo where they are not best pals as a way to show them becoming best pals, to provide an origin story Yeah, for the Archie-Jughead palhood. This could be the opportunity. I would love to, to see that be a thing that happens. Yeah. I don't expect it to happen, maybe because I, I don't want to have my heart broken, but I expect them to just be in enough plots together that it eventually becomes an undefined thing. Yeah. Like, say, main timeline Jughead and Veronica. <laughs> yeah. But it would be nice. hmm 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 I do think that Kevin might uncover that other chapter. Yes, yeah. And I, I think that will uh, lead to some things for him. It's the most natural way for this to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- his last scene is having the book shoved in his face. Yeah, that would make sense. And then we go have a little conversation with our buddy Clay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about some things, some true feelings. How amazing would it be, and how heartbreaking for Clay would it be, like, you know what, I think I like boys too. Do you know anyone else in this town who's the same way? Like, I don't want to ruin our growing friendship. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, the boner music played when he was looking at Clay. That's not what's going to happen. But it would be so funny. <laughs> you just imagine if all the, this whole episode, anytime the boner music came on, that if it was Pony. <laughs> bow, like, bow, bow. can we... If we ever go bow, back to the future bow, and we bow. have a sexy episode, can that actually happen? That'd be cool. The things I would do to you, you and your body, every single portion. Oh my. <laughs> I don't like the word portion being used to describe anything regarding bodies. No, I don't I don't like that, that. That makes me think of the the like beef cut diagram. Uh-huh. I don't like that. I don't want you to do things to my portions. <laughs> It's a very unsexy song when you that, <laughs> to, to read. That sounds like someone trying to talk about like a certain body kink, but not knowing the right words. Someone who knows how to ride without even falling off. Oh my. No clumsy chicks. <laughs> kind of good balance. Strong like muscles. I want... Don't get no cramps. Oh man, look at the center of gravity on her. <laughs> Anyhow, let's talk about next week. Next week's episode is named Love and Marriage, uh, named for not a show, but, you know, a theme song to, to a show. So what we know from this trailer, seems Cheryl and Archie go elope in Niagara Falls? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much everyone has a negative reaction to this. Mary, in particular. Uh, and Jughead put, punches Julian real good. You said Julian. Yeah, I had to change my note from Jason to Julian. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's really all that happens in the trailer. There's a lot of reactions to one or the other or some undepicted event. Yeah. That's what we know. But that's what we know. Marriage that's what's coming. And punching. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the love. It's it's love punches. Love punches. <laughs> so anyhow, that's it for us this week at Sex Archie. Of course, Riverdale isn't the only show about high schoolers uh, uh, founding uh, their own businesses uh, in between bouts of sudden and, and uh, uh, graphic violence. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury also came back this month. Oh. And that return episode, episode 13, uh, was discussed by me guesting on the Giant Robot FM podcast. So go... Go check that out as part of their Radio Free Mercury series going episode by episode talking about uh, G-Witch, which is, I mean, if you're not watching it, you should check it out. It's this really good show. You can find the first 12 episodes and the prologue globally on YouTube right now. But also, Giant Robot FM's coverage is is a lot of fun, and I was so glad to be invited to, to kick off the, the next stretch of it with them. Yeah, you guys should go check that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought when you started into that, though, talking about, like, teens and violence, I was like, are you going to talk about Sequest again? (laughs) (laughs) No, nobody in Sequest made their own businesses. Krieg tried. Uh Uh, Krieg tried a lot. Hey, hey, like, Lucas was totally, like, inventing shit. Like, he he definitely probably sold inventions. He never went into the private sector. He might have. We just didn't see it. He was trying to win a government contract with the Stinger. Yeah. I don't think he formed an LLC or anything for it. Hey, he... Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Quarter could have, like, been sold off, too. Yeah, I mean, he could have. And he could get so much seed money from, from his dad's insurance payout. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's no reason Lucas shouldn't have come back ten years later the richest person. <laughs> Spoilers, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But back to this show, we do thank you for for uh, coming back to us yet another week. We're going to keep doing it till we run out of weeks. But but we do love to have you. You can follow along with us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Yeah, you can also leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. We love it. We love it. Yum, yum, yum. They're food for my tummy. That's a little weird. They're food for my tummy, yum num num. I want to eat your stars. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow really weird. (laughs) You can also tell a friend. (laughs) Please. Tell friends. (laughs) The more we we grow and, and develop and find our people through word of mouth, the less I have to say things like those last few things I said. You know, if you ever find yourself at a makeout party, Think about it. this might Think be about a it. really good conversation to have. Mm-hmm. You can talk about your mutual appreciation of Sex Archie and Riverdale. It might be a better line than Fangs is about uh, uh, assuring uh, Cheryl that he did brush his teeth at some point in the previous week. Yeah, that's gross. It's your your name is Teeth. You got to take care of those things. Yeah. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. It might razz your berries. I get it. Yeah.